0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner. And today I'm speaking with my dear friend, Siobhan Sarna. And we're going to be talking about her new book, Healing SIBO, the 21-day plan to banish bloat, fix your gut, and balance your weight. So a little bit about Siobhan. Siobhan Sarna is an author, TV host, entrepreneur, podcaster, and health advocate. She's the creator of SIBO SOS, the Digestion SOS documentary series, the Gut and Microbiome Rescue Summit, and the Lymphatic Rescue Summit. After a lifetime of struggling with health issues, Siobhan made it her mission to demystify her own health struggles and to share that information with others who were struggling. Her special skill is finding and connecting with the leading expert doctors and connecting those experts with the people who need their help. Her personal mantra is SOS, save ourselves, and that's what she's helped thousands of people do. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, Siobhan Sarna, and we're going to be talking about her new book, Healing SIBO, the 21-day plan to banish bloat, fix your gut, and balance your weight. So welcome, Siobhan. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, I'm honored to be with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all your work. Anyway, let's talk
0: SIBO, doc. I know. I know. So it's been so fun. I We've done so many interviews over the years and it's really awesome to share your information uh, with my podcast community. And you really have become, in my opinion, a SIBO expert. And you really became that from your own personal journey. Um, And you really had to become an expert in order to heal yourself. And it seems like that journey has just put you on this path to just be an education machine, right? And sharing sharing the news about SIBO. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into this work?
1: I will. And I'm going to briefly tell my story, but I'm going to try to make it educational. So you guys are that are listening aren't just like, yeah, yawn, whatever. I want to make it instructional. So basically, I had food poisoning when I was five from a trip to India. And my parents are importers. And um, I went on a trip with them and drank water buffalo milk that wasn't probably pasteurized. Who knows? But um, I got very sick. And then I came home and went on a field trip to upstate New York, and I was a city slicker, New York City girl, and we milked the cows, and we were being really cute and unsupervised for a minute, and we drank some of the milk out of the bucket. Blah, got really sick. But you know, was though that was probably the triggering event because this is the big deal, everybody. The big announcement is is that it is now shown that most IBS is from food poisoning, even from decades ago, and then. The big announcement that I've been saying for years. Thank you, Dr. Mark Pimentel, Cedar Sinai. The big event and announcement is that IBS is SIBO. Mm-hmm. So SIBO is the number one underlying cause of IBS. IBS is this diagnosis of exclusion. You don't have IBD, thank God. You don't have Crohn's, thank God. You don't have whatever else. Most people, most doctors aren't testing for parasites, so that that's actually can't be excluded because you haven't had that test. But SIBO is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. this is when the microbiomes, delicious bacteria, end up in the small intestine. Do not get swept out by a function of your small intestine called the migrating motor complex, MMC for short. And when that doesn't happen, the bacteria can stay in there and overgrow and eat your food and fart out either hydrogen gas, hydrogen sulfide gas, or methane gas leading to bloating, constipation, diarrhea, alternating constipation or diarrhea. Rosacea, restless leg, anemia, B12 inconsistencies, that is SIBO. And because of my food poisoning, I've been tested I'll tell you about the test because there is actually a test for IBS, post-infectious IBS after the food poisoning infection IBS and SIBO breath testing. I was just uncomfortable for most of my life. I was in a mold exposed situation. Things started to deteriorate. Fast forward to like five years ago. I finally went to a a gastroenterologist. I was, he didn't even suggest a SIBO breath test. I had a girlfriend tell me about it, as girlfriends do. We need to do that more. Mm -hmm. I got a negative diagnosis on that test. But when I looked at the test, because I finally, finally, after 18 months, got the report itself, the word negative was crossed out and positive was written. So someone had misread it, lost 18 months, lost a lot of money, time, and energy, and finally did another breath test, got the proper diagnosis, and then started to get treatment. There are three kinds of treatment primarily, which I'll go over briefly. And then I was collecting all my data, right? Like a good patient does, like working with their doctors and like tracking and food allergy testing, and, you know, oh, steroid shots for my fibromyalgia and my chronic inflammation, and thousands of dollars on body work. And basically, The doctors and my therapists of all shapes and sizes were like, oh, you know, you really should write a book. And my spiritual teacher, Linda, was like, you know, you have to write this book, right? So I started talking to, I started writing the book and it was not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I was talking to Dr. Allison Seebecker, who's a world-renowned SIBO expert. And because I had her as my doctor telemedicine, which I was totally opposed to at the beginning, but realized that if you're talking through telemedicine to the right person, it can be a thousand percent more efficient than an in-person visit with a doctor who is not a specialist. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, I'm going to do a summit because I was attending these summits and I was like, oh, online learning. This is great. And I was like lit up from summits because I just thought they were so cool. I bought like five of them from these random people. And of course, Sean Cruxton, who led the way for summits in this health space. Bless you, Sean. And Mm I said to her, I'm going to do this and can I interview you? I was kind of scared. She was like, first person I was asking. And she's like, Not only can you interview me, I want to help you. And she introduced me to her colleagues, which is like a cache of them in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> like Seattle is a hotbed for healers as well. So I did the first SIBO SOS summit and SOS was like, Help someone save me. But it's come to mean save ourselves when you work with the right practitioner and you get the right information and it is treatable, it is fixable. And I'm here to. Tell the world about it. So thanks for having me. Long story short.
0: Yeah, no, it's a like what the what a journey, right? And it's just amazing the people you connected with. And just, you know, not only for you to gain that knowledge to help yourself, but to help other people, which I so admire. And I feel um, you know, I've only been practicing Siobhan for about 10 and a half years, maybe. And I feel like, you know, SIBO has been there since day one of practicing, but definitely the explosion of information and knowledge over at least the you know the past maybe five years, you know, and this is so much more common, I think, than people realize. And you mentioned, typically, there can be this um, infectious trigger. And that's in the realm that I often see that there's often an insult, either infectious in combination with environmental factors to our microbiomes in our body, and then that can create symptoms such as uh, an pathology like SIBO. And so walk us through, you know, in your research and in your experience, are there any other triggers or any other reasons why this is so prevalent? Thank you so
1: much. That's perfect. Adhesions is another underlying cause for SIBO. So SIBO is caused by something else and then SIBO causes stuff. Yeah. So adhesions, what could that be? I I've never had abdominal surgery Oh, but I did have a seatbelt jam into me in a fender bender back in 91. Oh, got some body work. And she's like, oh, you have a lot of adhesions here. So mm-hmm. that can literally move the intestines. What's an adhesion an internal scar that it's actually there to like hold you together, but it's stronger than steel. And it can move your intestines to the point of where your migrating motor complex may work, but it's out. It's like plumbing that's like and not not in the right direction. Endometriosis can be an uh, underlying cause for the same kind of pulling reasons. Our friend Jessica Drummond is a specialist in that. Go Google her if you have endometriosis and this is resonating with you. Opioid use. Here you are. And I'm not even talking about the epidemic of addiction in the planet. That is a problem. But you go for some dental surgery. They give you pain medication uh, combined with a few antibiotics. Why not? But the pain medication slows your body down so much that post opioid constipation is a thing in itself, but it also can lead to SIBO because the Petri dish of your small intestine could be inoculated with some of the bacteria from your large intestine. The migrating motor complex isn't working because you're on an opioid. Even for a couple of days, I've confirmed this with Dr. Pimentel, who is one of, I think the person's going to find the cure for this in our lifetimes and the overgrowth can happen. Now that's really a problem because you're like, not the same after oral, you know dental surgery or a little nip and tuck or whatever when you've just had a couple of you know opioid painkillers. So you've got to make sure if you're getting any anesthesia, everybody, make sure you are taking something to move your intestines afterwards, like some ginger, something that is a prokinetic, because that actually is not just a laxative but it moves the migrating motor
0: complex into action. Great points. Have you seen also in your research around the connection between the vagus nerve and oh SIBO? God, sure. and yeah. And so what, uh, what kind of things have you learned over the years, the connection with maybe a vagus nerve that's not communicating well, or the gut telling the vagus nerve via, you know, the pathways back of the brain that there's a lot going on, but what, what have you seen with the connection with the vagus nerve and SIBO?
1: So I I'm really glad you mentioned that because I tend not to talk about it as much because the others like so juicy.
0: <laughs>
1: the <main laughs> nerve, your fight and flight, right? Your central nervous system is communicating to back and forth, back and forth, so much from the gut to the brain is you know the newest information, right? And when that's not online and balanced, you it's just like a shutdown, right? It's just like you're in constant flight and it's not working. Think about if you were running away from a tiger, your body would be like, you know what? I'm not going to digest food right now because I'm going to use that energy to move my quadriceps and run really fast. So when that's not working, that whole migrating motor complex can come off of line. So we just did a masterclass summit. Dr. Seebecker had had this in her mind for a couple of years because she's actually the first person to do a SIBO conference. I've done SIBO SOS Summit 1-2 and the Microbiome Rescue Summit and the Digestion SOS Rescue and Relief Documentary. And we have courses and all that. The newest one is the masterclass summit called Next Steps for Treating Tough SIBO. And what she did is she was seeing these tough cases and the antibiotics weren't working. They certainly do work for a lot of people when the herbals and the elemental diet. But beyond that, that's why we called it Next Steps. So there is brain reprogramming, there is DNRS, there is Dr. Gupta's program, Annie Hopper's program, where you can reprogram your central nervous system so you can get that communication back online. Have you
0: seen success with that, doctor? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, um you know, we get into these patterns, right? You know, our brain can be, you know, wired um, because of trauma, stress into this kind of um, cycle. And these are tools, limbic retraining, like DNRS, the Gupta method. I have some patients that really have really changed and transformed, especially the, the patients who are highly reactive or highly sensitive and the patients who might, you know, have an exposure to perfume and, you know, faint or, you know, like just that type of severity of, you know, triggers. And so, you know, I find that that can be really helpful. And then with, you know, SIBO, right, we have to Eat every day, right? And we have to, you know, our digestion is so connected to how we feel, and so there's so many um, potentially, you know, traumas and things that happen over the course of not feeling well for so long and becoming afraid of food, and you know, in this, you know, really, you know, paralyzed state, right? Um, because of how bad people feel for so long, and so I, no, I, I think that's great that you're mentioning that, and I think the the work in neuroplasticity and this type of work. Is just it's emerging and it's innovative and yeah, just integrating that into whatever physical plans um, that you um, commit to, I think can really help you recover and resolve and not have these um, recurrent bouts of SIBO as well.
1: I think also, you know, Dr. Karazian's suggestions of you know gargling, singing loudly, the tongue depressors,
0: yeah.
1: uh, to the gag reflex to stimulate the vagus nerve, or you know, like can't hurt, might help. I mean, you know, why not? There's no no downside to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you and I've talked about this briefly, but about the possibility that the oral microbiome might be really feeding the the mechanisms as well. So that's kind of, the I think, another frontier that I'm very excited about sharing with people is doing a biological dentistry summit coming up as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's, um, I think some of the most overlooked, um, you know, areas, um, that are interfering with the body's ability to self-regulate and it's such important work. And I'm so glad that you're going to spread the word on that too. And you know, the, it's the microbiome, right. And then the infections in the jaw that can also affect the vagus nerve and all of that. So I think, um, that's a really important place to look if people have been stuck. So Siobhan, so if someone has SIBO, like what do, what do we do? How do you, how do we fix them? <laughs> well,
1: first of all, yeah, right. How do we fix them? First of all, test because when you test, you know, and then you can treat. So you can treat effectively because SIBO mimics candida, SIBO mimics parasites. And bloating and constipation diarrhea alternating is so frustrating. And it's very easy to just go, oh my gosh, Siobhan, you're talking about SIBO. And that's that's me. That's me. I mean that's it. I've got it. Oh, I finally figured it out. Because believe me, I've been there and I have been thrilled when I thought I had something, which is very strange to say, but you're like, so relieved you have a name for it, right?
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely, right.
1: We need to figure out a term for that, like diagnosis, you know. Delight, (laughs) but it's not (laughs) always right. Anyway, um, there's a breath test that you do. You, it's a special protocol of eating a, you diet for twelve hours in a special, very limited way, and then you fast for twelve hours, and then you take a lactulose solution, you drink it, and then you blow into these test tubes every twenty minutes. For three hours that's the lactulose breath test aerodiagnostic labs out of massachusetts is wonderful they work with your insurance medicare pays for it but also a new development is dr mark pimentel's gemelli labs mm-hmm. and that is the trio smart breath test which is the first one that measures all three gases hydrogen sulfide hydrogen and methane mm-hmm. so just touching on the top of this, but you would get your doctor to fill out the requisition form and get them to send you even the test kit at home, which is very convenient, especially in days of COVID here. Mm-hmm. So you can get tested, make sure you're getting interpreted properly, make sure you get the results, not just like hey, you're negative or positive because you want to know how high your gas levels are because the bacteria overgrowing in your small intestine is excreting these gases. And when you drink this lactulose solution, and then you test through these test tubes. It, whatever they're excreting is going to be shown how high your gas levels are, which is a reflection of how much bacterial overgrowth you have. In terms of treatment, you can do antibiotics that have been shown to be quite effective. Rifaximin, if you have hydrogen. Rifaximin and neomycin, if you have the methane style or kind. Hydrogen sulfide is a little bit more complicated. They're still working on that, but there are some solutions and then there's also the herbal protocol, which I know you're a huge fan of, and that is shown to be actually slightly more effective. You have to do it for longer. And, and that is things like oregano oil, candibacin, AR and BR, um, allicin, which is the garlic extract. If you eat a piece of garlic, you're probably not feel well if you have SIBO, but if you do this, it does, it does help with uh, antimicrobial. And then there's also the elemental diet, which is a liquid diet, which sounds insane, but it is amino acids that were originally designed for feeding tubes that tasted disgusting forever. They've made tastier versions now for people who are doing for, looking for a gut reset. And uh, you do it for two weeks to 17 days, get retested on that last day. So you know if you have to continue a little bit. And that's called the Elemental Diet. Dr. Uh, Michael Ruscio has one called Elemental Heal. It's a partial elemental as well as a real elemental. Physicians, what is it? Integrative Therapeutics has one, uh, which you can get through a practitioner, practitioner. And there are a couple more that have kind of emerged. Dr. Seebecker's site, SiboInfo.com, has
0: a list of them. Yeah, no, that's great. So, you know, testing and depending on the gas, right? And the type of yeah. bacteria that's migrated its way into the small intestine, we can individualize a treatment plan. And we kind of already alluded it to it, but I just love, especially how you cover in your book, um, you know, people get through those treatments and they still feel like they're having symptoms or they feel like they're getting better, but then it comes back. How do you suggest people navigate that?
1: I'm so glad you asked that. Here's the chart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I figured you had a chart about this. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is what I nicknamed the SIBO recovery roadmaps. And the top is, so you think you have SIBO and then it takes you through the different steps. If you go to SIBOSOS.com, you can actually download a copy of this for free. But it's an algorithm that Dr. Mark Pimentel created that then Dr. Seebecker and Dr. Sandberg Lewis added to, and then I even added to, and it takes you through steps of, okay, so you did a treatment, you did a retest, you're better but not totally well, what to do again, the diet. So there is actually a formula for it. The other thing is your each round of your antibiotics or treatments may only take you down a certain amount. You have to keep reducing the bacterial load, which is unusual. Like retreating feels unusual when you've done an antibiotic. It's usually one and done. But in this case, you may have to do multiple rounds. The other thing is if you want to find out your underlying cause, which, of course, I highly you have to do really keep searching and you want to know if it is from food poisoning, there is a blood test that Dr. Pimentel created called the IBS, no, it's called the smart, IBS smart test. That's what it's called. And it's ibssmarttest.com. And it shows if you have antibodies from food poisoning, even decades later, that is impacting your migrating motor complex. So that was very valuable for me, because it wasn't all in my head. I was able to do like, you know, connect the dot psychologically and logically. And then I also, and this is part of the protocol in the chart,
0: and that is um, I've
1: been very consistent with my prokinetic, which we touched on, which is what helps the migrating motor complex sweep out that debris. And because of that, I feel 100% better. Mm -hmm. If you have a chronic condition that is untreated, obviously, you can feel terrible, right? If you have a chronic condition that is treated, maybe not cured, but treated, you can feel 100% better. That's a, a sub-message I want to get out because a lot of us have, I want hey, okay, who doesn't want to be cured? Of course. But right. the, whole, the whole idea of, look, maybe I can't fix these antibodies, so
0: I'm going to manage the condition. And I feel great. Great. Yeah. That works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. And I think, you know, and as you said, like, look at all that Dr. Pimentel's figured out, look at all of these wonderful minds who continue to, you know, put, um, you know, research behind this and, you know, figure out clinically. And so medicine evolves, right? And just because we don't, you know, have the treatment today doesn't mean we're not gonna have it in a few years. But um, again, if you are able to manage your health and feel better, um, it's absolutely, people will do anything, right? To be able to maintain that. Siobhan, what about the prokinetics? What do you like for prokinetics?
1: There's something that you can get on Amazon um, called Iberogast, and it is a German formulation. And uh, right now on Amazon, it has like Russian writing on it, <laughs> but if um, you bought that version, it's been fine. Yep. Uh,
0: do you know another source? Yeah, we we actually um, have used that over the years and provided that for patients, but there are, yeah, it comes from Europe and it's a wonderful bitter formula. I, I love Iberogast. Um is there any other ones you use? Yeah,
1: I've, fortunately, there's a slew. There's also anything with ginger in it, like uh, Modal Pro. There is also just like plain straight up ginger. But if you have esophageal reflux and your lower esophageal sphincter tends to open like mine does, I got ginger burn and that is very uncomfortable. So things with ginger don't work for me personally, but I know it works beautifully for other people. Then also... There are prescriptions like Motegrity and which has just been reapproved or just been approved in the U S and that works like a champ for me. Lotus Neltroxone is actually a very mild prokinetic. I have a lot of the doctors that I've talked to combine prokinetics or rotate them, which is interesting, but lotus Neltroxone is a miracle unto itself for other things. But so if you're, you know, like on the fence to do it, maybe you do it because it's also a mild prokinetic, but also like okay, a ginger the Iberogas, Motegrity, Zelnorm. So Zelnorm was an IBS drug that got taken off the market. It is now back on the market and I am having a brain blank about what it is called now. Do you remember? Do you know?
0: I'm going to Google Zelnorm. It's 12 in my book. Why don't I look here? Uh, Tagersod. I can't say it. Yeah, right. Teserod or something like that. Yeah, it has the word gas in in the middle. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't used that one. That's why I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good one. It's definitely a good one. You want to start slow with that
1: so you don't have any it it can, it is an IBS drug as well. So if you're constipated, it can help things move along. There is ProKine by Vita Aid, Motil Pro by Pure Encapsulation, Motility Activator by Integrative Therapeutics, GI Motility Complex, Enzyme Science, SIBO MMC Priority One. And then bio.me kinetic from in vivo in the UK,
0: Um, those are just some awesome, awesome, and that, and everyone, you know, what works for someone doesn't work for another, so that's so awesome to have that um, list of tools because there's going to be something or some combination that's going to help you um, get your gut moving, which is, of course, that has all to do with how you feel right on a regular basis, of course. So, so. Siobhan, anything else that, I mean, you've laid out this beautiful plan, all of this research, all of this um, experience. I mean, just as we, you know, wrap up in closing, I mean, if like looking at your journey, right, with your health and with how you, all that you've learned, you know, with SIBO, I guess if you could give somebody who was just diagnosed some words of wisdom, what would you, what would you share? There is
1: hope. Do not give up. It is A little, there's a grieving process that I think happens for anyone with a chronic condition when they're like cycling around things that didn't work. You've spent money, you've done tests, that wasn't it. Nothing happened, nothing helped. You feel like it's never going to get better. But that's where really you have to dig deep and do that, you know, inch by inch, it's a cinch, follow your intuition. There are answers. And remember, even if you're just managing it, you can feel 100% better. One surprise for me is that the migrating motor complex moves every 90 minutes. Mm. So the whole idea of small meals throughout the day was changed, t- tipped on its head for me. So meal spacing versus intermittent fasting. What if intermittent fasting actually works so beautifully also because of the migrating motor complex got a chance to function?
0: Yeah, wow. I think that's right. It's part true. of it.
1: So mm-hmm. the migrating motor complex won't work when you are, have food in your stomach or you've consumed calories. It will only work when you're not in a full state or you're not consuming calories. So you give yourself maybe four or five hours between meals if possible. Obviously, if you have other issues and, you know, talk to your doctor and all that, but that was a, that was a big aha for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for the work that you do. It's always so fun connecting with you. And you're just prolific with all the material that you're putting out. So you have your book. And so where can people buy your book? And then you have your website with all this awesome information. So tell us everything. So so sweet. Healing
1: SIBO is available where all fine books are sold. And certainly it's on Amazon. It just came out uh, February 2nd, 2021. Oh. 40 recipes in the back that I've been remaking. Like I've actually like I knew I, I tested these, but i I'm just going to make them again and see if they're, uh, they're delish. Um, I was like secretly relieved. I'm like, you did them first time. They were great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I, we have a great community called the SIBO SOS virtual community on Facebook with 18,000 people at this time. SIBO lets you know about the SIBO recovery roadmap course that we have taking you step-by-step step through everything. But in terms of a first move, 20 bucks on this book, seriously. I wish this is, I wrote the book because this is the book I wish i had had when I first started figuring it out. So thank you for having me, Dr. Schaffner. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course. And congratulations. That is uh, your baby work of art. And, you know, I really appreciate you putting all of that information and putting out, that out to the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Siobhan Sarna. And please check out her book, Healing SIBO. It can be found on Amazon and all those great websites that sell books. And please check out her website, SIBOSOS.com. She has so many resources and educational classes for you to really dive in and figure out what is going to be the healing path for you. So enjoy uh, finding out more about Siobhan's work and thank you for listening.